Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. This is G. This is M. And today we're going to be talking about kink on a budget. In this episode, we will talk about the current economic barriers to kink, how to DIY kinky toys and materials, and how to find kinky implements on the cheap. Yes, I wanted to cover this topic because I feel like it's important to realize that while oftentimes we see BDSM like portrayed in either our erotica or in popular media, it's often shown like people who have access to a lot of resources who are able to like outfit entire dungeons. And I think it's helpful to remember that you don't need all that stuff. Like, you know, a very... You can do a lot of stuff just based around household objects and, you know, you don't need the latest toys. You don't need to go to large events or, you know, get the latest in kinky fashion. Right. So there are some background, you know, factors to what can make kink be very expensive. First of all, the pandemic has sort of become a barrier. Yeah. It is added to becoming a barrier. What has not been a barrier to some people, now suddenly it has become a barrier. And these are things that, you know, not everybody has been able to afford kinky things beforehand and now add on top of it COVID yes. and the, the long-lasting impacts of COVID and then inflation and everything that's going on in our current economic state yeah. so we get the, the current status. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, things are kind of crazy right now. So I thought it would be, I thought, you know, we could talk about how to keep kink affordable, sort of tips and tricks of stuff that we've done and stuff that we've found on the internet. And I thought that'd make a good episode. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are talking about this. I had found, I mean, this seems to be an older article, but this article from Psychology Today by Stephanie, I'm definitely going to butcher this name. So I apologize to this person's last name, Gorlick, Gorlich. LMSW talks about how the pandemic and economic struggles have caused people to become disconnected from the BDSM community and the need to keep kink affordable. And so, like you said, we're going to talk about that today of, of how we can be creative, because that was one of the main things that came up in the articles was just being creative can help to help, help to decrease barriers. And so, as I had mentioned, you know, the, the pandemic had created one of these increased barriers so these costs, these costs associated with everything that you are mentioning, you know, not just toys going to events, the kinky fashion, all of these different things, these costs can present a huge barrier to lower income kinksters. It's a quote from the article. Feelings of socialized isolation are one of the most common issues kinky clients discuss with their therapists. And it's only grown since COVID required many social events to be canceled. And so something that I found out, and I'll be reading more from the article towards the end when we discuss you know, how to find cheap things to uh, incorporate in your toy bag. Um, but uh, I just really liked how this article talked about, you know, how there are creative, affordable ways to stay engaged with the BDSM community, even when times are tough. 
So let's do that. All right. So I think we're first going to cover toys, which I feel like is like, I'm not going to say the main component of BDSM, but it's a large component of BDSM, like the kinds of implements and toys that you use for the type of play that you enjoy. And I think we first want to talk about do-it-yourself toys. So for so for do-it-yourself toys, the nice thing about you know making your own toys is that not only can you make them cheaper, but you can like customize them to your preference, which isn't really something that you can get even from like buying from like a kinky vendor, like unless you're going to like custom order an item, like you're going to be buying stuff that's off the shelf. So it's nice to be able to it's nice to be able to customize a toy exactly to your what you want it to be. One of the first things I thought about when I thought about do-it-yourself toys is actually like paracord and like tying knots and like forming paracord into like floggers and cuffs and other sort of implements you use for BDSM. Are there any toys that you've made, Em? Yeah, definitely I have. I So when I first joined the scene, one of the first things that I made was a really bad flogger. I remember I named her Miss Pansy because she was super soft, but she also didn't work very well. So she was kind of a weak flogger. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, so she was named Miss Pansy. And I I made her out of recycled leather from a thrift store. And the other thing that I made when I first joined the scene was my own fire wands, which are actually pretty easy to make. And so I'll be linking a YouTube video in the show notes. By the way, we do not like endorse any of these methods of creation, just to say, like, please make it your own risk. But so the, you know, the fire wands was something that I, I, Fireplay was one of the first classes I ever went to, and they taught us how to make these. And so they're really fun to make, I think. And they're pretty inexpensive to make. And yeah, I also like what you were saying about the paracord, even though I don't really know how to make toys out of paracord, but I've seen it be done. And it seems like a very inexpensive way to do these sorts of things to make toys and vloggers like you were saying, or any other sorts of toys. Another thing that I saw in my search was how to make your own PVC flogger apparently in 15 minutes. So we will also link the article for that in the show notes. Okay, so next, I think we want to talk about buying pervertibles. Now, pervertibles is a term in the kink community where we talk about using common household objects to for kinky purposes. I think when I, when I think of pervertibles, like the first thing that comes to mind is like a wooden kitchen spoon for like spanking. But you can, but you know, buying from a kink vendor, there's a and I'm not quite sure how to say this, but if you're buying from a king vendor, there's sort of an increased cost that you have to pay just because it's a niche vendor. But if you go and buy something like from a big box store, like they're doing with economies of scale, and you can buy stuff for a lot cheaper. So I think the big example for stuff that can be easier to get and cheaper to buy outside the kink world but still be good quality is like a riding crop. Like if you go to an equestrian store, you can get a riding crop usually for cheaper than you can get at like a kink vendor. And it's just as good quality, just as sturdy because it's meant to actually hit horses. And yeah, do you, can you think of anything else that you would think would be a good example of buying a pervertible? Well, when you had just mentioned the kitchen stuff, like that's what immediately comes to, to mind when I think about buying pervertibles is mostly buying from the kitchen section of different stores. One thing before we go into that, I did want to say like there are pros and cons to this, right? As you're saying, 
you are getting pretty much the same quality stuff, but you are normally not supporting smaller businesses. Yes. So that is one thing to keep in mind. But we're not shaming anybody here. You deserve to be participating in the community. So you deserve to have toys in your toy bag. So I think that's important. But at the same time, if you can afford to buy from the kink vendor, it is also good to support your local kink vendors. Yes. So going into the kitchen theme idea, because for me, that just is like so classic. And you can often find some really interesting things in the kitchen section that can be pervertibles, right? Yeah. As I found out when I was Googling kinky kitchen something or another for this episode. And so you can literally just buy cooking utensils and use them as kink toys. But I so I came across this article from refinery29.com, which we'll link in the show notes, which is a, a it's actually it's called 10 Kitchen Tools you can totally use for sex. Well, sex aside, I mean, yeah, some of these do talk about sex in particular. And so we're going to talk about sex. But, you know, you can you can imagine purposes outside of sex and, and just kink for these things as well. And so I'll try to rope those things in. But let's go over this, some of the things in this article. Gee, do you mind? I'm going to read some things from this article that they mentioned that you can just find in your kitchen. And let's talk about how... Practical or impractical these things are. Because I was quite... Some of the things I was actually... Were obvious. And some of the things I was quite surprised by. Okay. Hit me. All right. Well, if it would load, it says waiting. Ogie will fill the sentence with his clawing of your ottoman. Yep. Yep, he will. Hoagie bagogi. All right. So the first one is, of course, our silicone spatula. Yes. Now... I feel like this falls under the same sort of spanking implement that a wooden wooden spoon example I presented earlier. That's right. This is a classic. Mm -hmm. Yep. The silicone spatula, which the article mentions, it has a good thwack to it. Yes. We love a good thwack. I also love that this article says that you and your partner both must consent and have a safe word prepared in case you need to take a break or stop altogether. I really love that the article brings that up. That is much better. Very progressive for what sounds like a clickbait article. Oh, yeah, for sure. Here's here's number two. Okay. Which got me. I was so confused. What are we doing with sex with pot holders? Pot holders. Mm-hmm. Like the, the mitten things? Like the mitten things you use to... Okay. Yeah, so the square ones. The square ones. You mm-hmm. use like lift things. You use the lift things, yeah. I, I, what do you use pot holders for? It says, tile kitchen floors aren't the cushiest, so having sex on the ground can be uncomfortable on your joints. It sure can. Put pot holders underneath your knees. That way you can still do your usual crazy sex positions or perform oral sex on your knees without getting bruises. Well, let me tell you, besides just performing oral sex, if you're doing kinky things, kneeling is often something that's incorporated into. Or being on all fours is often incorporated into kink, right? Yeah. So actually, great idea. Next time, we need to make sure to have someone's knees protected in the kitchen. I'll make sure to get out my potholders. Oh, all right. That's good. So good to know. Potholders used for sex. Right. All right. Here's a here's a great one. Really, this one took me by. This one took me a little bit. All okay. right. Handheld milk frother. Like the little electric. The little electric one. Yeah, yeah. I have one of these. I have one, too, to make matcha lattes. Oh, gotta love those matcha lattes. What do you use it for? 
apparently this could double as a vibrator. So I don't have that equipment, but the end of a milk frother does not seem... Doesn't seem comfortable, does it? No. Yeah, so I might want to just like test this theory at some point. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I feel like I need to test the validity of this one. Okay. Because this seems suspect. This does seem a little suspect. Yeah. Unless you're willing to to wrap a potholder around it. I'm confused. But it but there you go. You can apparently use a handheld milk frother for a vibrator. Okay. Here's, of course, is another classic. You ready? I'm ready. Chip clips. Yeah. Of course, they can double as nipple clamps. They're just... Or just any any pinchy. Any pinchy. What's, what's the... Uh, clothespins. Yeah, they're just like clothespins. They're another one like that. In fact, they might be more comfortable than clothespins because I feel like a lot of modern day chip clips have like a little bit of like rubber or silicone mm-hmm. on them to like soften them a little bit. Yeah, that's true. You you sound disappointed that they might be more comfortable <laughs> than the clothes lines. The, 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 the clothes pin. Clothes pins, thank you. Well, this says, test out the pinchiness on yourself first by, before you, um, before you just start pinching your partner. Okay, so it says test it out on yourself first. That's good. That is good advice for most any toy. Then it says, then you can sensually feed your partner the chips and then have them lick the salt off your finger. Oh. Uh. We're making a whole scene out of chip clips. I don't I don't know why, but like whenever you start introducing like food into like a kink scene, like it sort of squicks me out a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. I, there, there's no reason for you to know. But so I guess you're not going to be rubbing lime all over my face. I think it's more like the act of eating. I don't know why. There's probably some there's probably something a therapist could really like dive deep in on. But like eating or like. I don't know, the lime doesn't quite trigger it for me, but like, okay. you know, yeah, I don't know. Something deep in your subconscious. Something like deep in my subconscious. Food and the sexy times are a no-no. Yeah. All right, here's number five out of ten. Okay, hit me. This one, you don't even have to buy anything. Because, you know, before, like, you didn't, you might not have had a milk frother. Yeah. This is already in your home. Maybe. Well, the, the base of it is. The base of it? Kitchen faucet. Everyone has a kitchen faucet, pretty much. Yes. But the ideal version, according to the article, is the detachable sprayer. Oh, this is sort of like a shower head. This is sort of like the shower head thing. This seems very impractical compared to a shower head in the bathroom. It does, in fact, seem a little harder to navigate let's put it that way (laughs) maybe a little bit messier it sounds messier yeah because you're gonna have to be all up in the sink's business or on the floor next to the sink or on the floor next to the sink but i think because it would be that would be the messy version that would be the (laughs) really messy version or you'd have to be in the sink okay so this one i feel like is a weird one yeah the, the sink one feels weird to me okay here we go Here's one of the best. This is a, both a DIY. This is just a DIY, actually, okay. from your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Unless you don't have the base of it. And let me explain that when you hear it. Okay. Ice. Ice? Yeah. You're DIYing that shit. Yeah. You're making that shit. 
Mm-hmm. But you need an ice cube tray or... Some way to convey the ice. Some way to convey the ice. Yeah. But otherwise, that's practically a DIY kink implement. Yeah. I mean, I feel like temperature play, ice is sort of just a very basic component of that. So the article says, experiment with temperature play, starting by putting ice in your mouth or on your partner's body and letting it melt. Then change temperatures by drinking warm tea or coffee. Be mindful of the temperature because your mouth can handle a different temperature than your genitals because it's a sensitive region. All right. Did I skip seven? Yes. Here's the one that really confused me. Okay. But it's on this list and it's also on the list from the article from Psychology Today from that person. Yeah. So now I was confused, but I'm becoming convinced. Okay. It is oven mitt. Oven mitt. Not the potholder, but the actual full mitt. The the glove. The full. The mitt. The full mitt. Okay. Uh, it says use them as pseudo handcuffs. I never realized that you could do it because like when you have your hand in like this, you can't really. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what people do for like pet play where they like. Oh, yeah. Have the things cover their their hands. They can't use their hands. Right. That makes sense. They have on like those little they're kind of like Paul covering things. I don't know what the technical... I don't know what the technical term is either, but they have, like, little paws. Yeah, any anybody in the pet place scene, just let yeah, us we're, know. Yeah, we're not using the correct terminology, but you know what we mean. Yeah. Oven mitts are apparently can be used as pseudo-handcuffs, so they can't really use their hands as well as they could otherwise, right? Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you could, you could also, like... Like tape them around their hands, so yeah. You could also tape them, yeah. I can't take them off, or or tie them if you have some something to tie with. Yeah. The next one, it's also a classical, and I'm not a big fan of it, but it is the cucumber, which I feel like again, this is more of a sex thing than a kink thing. Not that those things can't be together. Yes. But the cucumber. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Well, maybe because I'm just like more into the kinky aspects. Yeah. And this one is so. Sex focused. Sex focused. That I'm like, but it is kind of still kinky to like be putting food items inside of you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty kinky. Yeah. Yeah. So do it up with a cucumber. If you want to. If you, of course, always, if you want to. Number nine. Do you think you want to wash it beforehand? Oh, yeah. Also that. Also, it says use a condom. Oh, Okay. Yes, That's probably better. Just make sure you use a condom and wash it thoroughly before and after use. All right. There you have it. Wash and condom. Wash and condom. The next one is coconut oil, which apparently works brilliantly as a lube. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And I have a whole big jar of coconut oil. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a Costco's worth of coconut oil. Yeah. Or it could also be used as an erotic massage. You could also use it for massage play. Mm-hmm. So, a very multi-use kitchen item. Yeah, I actually originally got it so that I could use it as, like, a body lotion. All right. Yeah, body lotion's great. I make some bathy things out of it. Bathy things? Like... Like bath bombs? Yeah, you can put it a little bit in there to give it some moisturizing. Okay. The very last item is, of course, another one of those ones that I was like, what? But then I realized it was obvious in retrospect. It is the kitchen towel. Okay. And this is used as a blindfold. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 
I feel like it's kind of in the same vein as like using a necktie as like a blindfold. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So there is how to pervert your kitchen for sex and or kink purposes. Mm -hmm. So that was a pretty interesting article. And then as I had mentioned, I had talked about how the oven mitts were also in this article that I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So the dollar store is also another great place to look. And um, Steph Gorlich, LMSW, says, in the meantime, Dollar Store offers lots of toys and tools that can be put to good use by creative-minded BDSM partners on a budget. Here's my suggested $20 BDSM toy box inventory for the penny-pinching kingster. Say that three times fast. Penny-pinching kingster. Penny-pinching kingster. Okay. So we've got the clothespins, the cotton laundry line, which I'm not sure what the laundry line is. The laundry line, the rope. Yes. So I guess that would be used as like a rope. Mm-hmm. Medical tape. That's for bondage. There. Here's the oven mitts again. Wooden spoons, as G mentioned earlier. A leash, collar, pet bowl for some pet play. Chopsticks or dowels, which can be used as. Yeah, I think the very first, very first kink toy I made in the kink scene was like like nipple clamps with like dowels and rubber bands oh yeah that's really easy to make yeah that's a great diy so then we have plastic wrap which is also a great bondage tool a plastic baseball bat for implement for impact play abrasive sponges which sounds awful in like a sadistic way yeah rubber bands as we've talked about they're very sadistic candles which some of them can be used for wax play yeah, not, not all of them can be used from the dollar store. I feel like that's something you'd want to just research a little bit before you just get a random candle from the dollar store. Like you want to know what the candle was made out of. Yeah, absolutely. Not all candles can be used for wax play. Some, I mean, if you're just buying them for like mood lighting or whatever like that, that's totally fine. But don't think that you can just use them for wax play for sure. Mm-hmm. Tarps or drop cloths, mouse traps. Mouse traps seems like a very intense thing to buy yeah mouse traps are ouchies they're very yeah like they can i think they could break a finger yeah it seems intense so again we are not endorsing necessarily any particular thing yeah sleep mask which of course is a good blindfold mentholated cream which is a nice sensation okay type play or temperature play thing padlocks Pets or children's toys if you want to do pet play or age play. Or use them for impact stuff. like Or, yeah, that too. Go ahead if you want to give an example. Oh, no, it's just like, I've seen like tugging ropes, which I think would make a good... Oh, yeah. A good like impact implement. Medical kitchen gloves and back scratchers, which are good for sensation play. After listening to this episode, our beta listeners also chimed in with some things that they were surprised that we didn't mention. You can get for fairly inexpensive, such as hairbrushes, which make good DIY paddles, and rulers, which are also great hitting implements. Plus, we had the recommendation that you can flog people with towels, and you can also spank someone with vegetables or fruits. Yeah. And I would also add, too, like when you're thinking about creating like your dollar store kit or whatever... Something else that is like throwing in some chocolate or other health or, or other aftercare related item, maybe like a cheap blanket or something like that. And also you can't go wrong with a water bottle. Just make sure you're staying hydrated. Yes. I think another 
another good store for buying pervertibles on the cheap is your hardware store, like Home Depot or Lowe's or your local hardware store. Yes. And I did want to mention, too, that just to make people aware that, like, you can buy rope at Home Depot and other hardware stores. Just be careful because some of these ropes are not rated for certain play activities. And also some of them are not really meant to be tied on bodies. Yeah. So it might be like an awkward tying type thing. I think as long as you're doing like, especially for the rope based activities, if you're using rope that you got from a Home Depot or a hardware store, probably okay if you're doing some floor work and you're just messing around on the floor. Just be careful if you're going to be using it for like suspensions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, things I know I bought from a Home Depot. I bought chains from a Home Depot and they will cut them. The The people at Home Depot will cut them to the length you, length you ask them to cut it to. That's great. Um, and they will ask no questions. I bought, this might sound a little strange. If, if Have I talked about Violet Wand on the podcast? I think we did an episode about Sensation Plane. We've talked about it extensively now. Okay. So I bought a bunch of light bulbs because I have an Edison adapter for my Violet Wand. So different light bulbs give different kinds of sensations. Though this is, that was back when I started. This is really no longer the case at like the hardware stores because all the modern day light bulbs are like LED lights. And they don't have the, they don't, the old Edison lights, they don't have that metal conducting thing. Oh, interesting. The, the filament, that's what you use to, right. to convey the electricity in a violet wand. So it's actually getting really hard to find, like, I don't, I think I'd have to go to a specialty store at this point to, like, get a an old-fashioned light bulb. Let's see, yeah, those are, those are the two things I remember most buying from, like, Home Depot. But there's a, you know, if you put your mind to it, like, there's a lot of stuff you can get at Home Depot that would make for nice kinky scenes. I remember thinking, I saw, like, a, a grill scraper, which I thought would be interesting sensation. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when I walk through a Home Depot or a hardware store, I just go through and I go, oh, that looks kinky. Oh, that looks kinky. <laughs> Definitely the mind of a kinkster. Yes. So, G, the last thing that you wanted to talk about for this episode was on kink fashion. Because, you know, some of the economic barriers, they're not just around the tools and the implements that we bring, but they're also about how we look when we go to kinky events or when we're having a scene. Yeah, going to... Yeah, I, I think, you know, people, especially when they're entering the scene for the first time, you know, they have a lot of, you know, stereotypes about, like, how kinksters dress. You know, there's sort of the full-on leather outfit, um, I feel like is very sort of stereotypical, but also things like latex outfits and rubber outfits. But, you know, they always kind of expect very elaborate costuming. Well, not costuming, but they, they expect that when people go to kink scenes, like there's going to be these elaborate outfits. And you don't have to do that. Like you can... In fact, a lot of times, like if you're if you're if you're showing up for your first month, you should not show up in an elaborate outfit because it's probably just going to be at a regular restaurant. But you know, even when you're going out to events, like you don't have to dress up in these stereotypical outfits. Like you can just dress up really nice. Like you know, if you're 
if you're a mask, you know, you can, you know, dress up in a full suit and tie. Like there are a lot of people who really like seeing a mask person in a, like a full suit. You know, you can just, you know, wear something nice. You can, you can thrift store like interesting outfits. You can, you know, and that can also give you, I think like you said earlier, it can give you like the raw materials you need to also like DIY your own toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, and well, first, too, like, if, you know, first, if you're mask, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's a dress nice. If you're mask, you can dress in a dress. So, like, I think that, for me, is, like, dress up how you want. Yes. For sure. Um, But also, yeah, like, if you want to wear a full suit, then that can definitely count as just, you know. Yeah, I guess I should have just said, like, fancy. Fancy, yeah. Uh, evening wear. Yeah, evening? that's. Is evening wear the right term? Yeah, fancy evening attire. Yes, evening attire. Cocktail. Cocktail wear? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we're going out for cocktails. Yes. Know. Fancy dinner party. So yeah, definitely, like, feel free, to, feel free to wear what you want and gender bend if you want and whatever, whatever makes you happy. But so for thrifting, too, I found, like, thrifting has been super helpful in expanding my kinky outfits. I have found like an amazing pair of fake leather pants at the thrift store in my neighborhood that they're great at the same place. I found like this nice like see-through top that like it's not totally see-through, but like it has a little bit of a see-through thing going on. So that's kind of nice. I can pair it with the pants. And also like speaking of thrifting, this is another great place to find, you know, materials on the cheap. So they have cheap belts, which double as a toy. They are fashion plus toy. And also, sometimes you can find, like, leather boots to practice. Like, if you're a boot black or you want to practice shining shoes, you can might you maybe be, might be able to find, like, cheap shoes to practice on. Or old leather jackets to convert into toys, as I had mentioned earlier. Or you can use any of these things as also as parts of outfits. So I know, like, also this is a great way to, like, as being part of the leather community, I think this is a great way to also just continue to take care of these leathers. And I know, like, uh, for those who might be vegan, who are listening to the podcast, like, I've known vegan boot blacks who take care of leather, and they often talk about how, you know, finding, like, old leather boots in a thrift store and taking care of them, that's, like, one of the ways that they're paying respect to the animal that sort of gave its life to, like, create this object. And so there are many ways that we can use thrifting to, you know, either upcycle or recycle things in kink. Yeah, and I <clears throat> I think another thing that you can do is also learn how to sew. I'm starting to learn how to sew myself because I want to make slutty outfits for myself. So that's a good sort of do-it-yourself project that you can either take on. It doesn't take, but you can get a, a sewing machine secondhand for pretty cheap, like 40 or 50 bucks. And then, you know, off to the races. Uh, off to the races. Why did I use... What a strange idiom to use at that moment. Gee, I don't know anymore. But another thing that occurred to me uh, while we were going through the show notes is, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of, like, you can go into, like, Amazon and eBay and, like, buy, like, really sort of cheap, slutty clothing if that's what you're looking for. I've, I've done that a couple of times to sometimes make success because sizing is tricky. But yeah, you can, you know, buy stuff off like a eBay store for real cheap. Definitely. 
And again, it's there are pros and cons to these methods. I think I, that access to kink is important. And so if you have if you if you have the ability to buy from smaller businesses and support local small businesses and kink vendors, then I think that's great. But if you don't, like, there is absolutely nothing wrong with buying from just, you know, your your department store and getting some kinky kitchen supplies because I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of those cases where like your imagination is really the limit on like what you can do to like pervert stuff around you. Like I know we've listed a lot of examples here, but you know, if you just spend some time like taking random objects in your household and like just thinking about the possibilities, I feel like you be able to think up a lot of stuff that we didn't even mention in this in this episode. It's a great mental exercise. And it also makes me think that even for DIYing, you could just walk into a Michaels or a wherever, you know, your craft store and just think like, oh, what can I put together from this thing? You know, what can I make? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to to talk about before we before we headed to the sign off? I don't think so. I think I covered everything. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed, if you've enjoyed us talking about kink on a budget and how, you know, kink should be accessible for everybody, you can share this podcast with your friends, your family, and with your fellow millennials who think capitalism is bullshit. Also, please consider donating using the link at the bottom of the show notes. This is M. This is G. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KMP Podcast. You can find us at kmppodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. So I had Kay and I could watch it because Kay had never seen it before. And I was like, look, the movie is terrible. But Jeremy Irons, who you don't know because you don't know any actors, but he's a distinguished actor. I know two actors now, actually. You know someone besides Jack Black? I do. Who do you know besides Jack Black? I'll give you a clue. It's a woman. Okay. And she was in a Disney show, I think. Selena Gomez? No. No idea who that is.